1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. This is your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where we talk to people, have conversations about how they've produced positive results towards achieving their goals. Our goal for you is that you will listen and learn to do the same. This week we're talking with Mark Malkoff. He is an internet comedy project person. I won't call him a comedian because that's not really what – comes to mind when I hear his stuff being talked about. He's done a lot of internet video comedy, especially YouTube-type projects. He's done stuff where he's slept overnight in Ikea, spent a month living on an airplane. He's been carried from one south end to north end of the island of Manhattan just by people carrying him. He's also done something else where he, he's he been on the island of Manhattan and, and gone to every single Starbucks there and ordered something and consumed it within a 24-hour period, I believe. So I will have some of his videos in the show notes or links to them or embedded to play so you can go watch that stuff afterwards. But I really wanted to talk to Mark because he's specifically somebody who's – a little off the wall. And as you can tell, you'll listen. He, he talks a mile a minute, which is good. Again, another one of those episodes where you may want to rewind and, and play it again. Anyway, thank you so much to Mark for joining us. And I hope that you can get inside the mind of Mark Malkoff as scary as that might be. All right. Hey, Mark, welcome to Beyond the To-Do List. Thank you for coming on the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: How often do you get interviewed for podcasts?
2: Um, Lately, like it seems like twice a week, maybe something like that. Yeah, like um, there have been a few people that have had to um, reschedule recently, but yeah, um, yeah, kind of. It it seems that way that I've been like maybe like once to once
1: or twice a week, something like that. So you're actually now in high demand.
2: Uh, You know what? (laughs) Anybody that wants to talk to me, as long as they're not dangerous, and I I like you, Eric. But anyone that wants to talk to me, I'm so flattered. So, um, genuinely, I usually um, say yes. And uh, somebody just asked me yesterday to come on their show, and it's it's a high compliment that anybody uh, you know watches my work and they want to talk to me.
1: And and if anybody wanted to talk to you, say not necessarily in Skype, but like just through social media, they could find you on Twitter with, like, M. Malkoff or on Facebook?
2: Yeah, I'm, like, pretty easy to find. Uh, my my uh, email is on my website as well, markmalkoff.com. So,
1: uh, yeah. And you accept most everybody as your friend on Facebook, don't you?
2: Oh, um, <laughs> uh, 99.9%. Yeah, it's been interesting. Sometimes I'll even reach out to people that I admire that I don't know and – like half the time, three quarters of the time, they'll accept my Facebook request, so yeah, it's really nice like I mean when especially when I have projects going on that are getting media attention, it's like people from all around the world um it's yeah i I get a kick out of it it's uh yeah, it's really just I don't know, it's got of my work scene for sure, which is yeah. so nice.
1: Let's go into that a little bit, like what you say work scene describe to somebody what it is you do for to, to oh make your goodness. ends meet at this point.
2: That's such an interesting question. I, whenever like my grandparents ask me that, it's like a, a 10-hour conversation. Let me do the cliff note. Um, I, I do videos. I do comedy videos. Some people um, refer to them as stunts. Some people call them missions. Uh, I've been referred to as an internet celebrity on TV, which I didn't know that I was, but I guess I kind of am. But I do these really over-the-top Challenges, stunt, con- uh, stunt challenges, comedy ones. So I, I um, I lived on a commercial airplane for an entire month to get over my fear of flying. And I set a Guinness World Record. It was 135 flights. Uh, couldn't get off the plane. Couldn't shower for a month. So, I do a lot of these things. Like, I got, um, I wanted to prove to the world that New Yorkers were nice. So, I started at the southernmost end of Manhattan. And I wanted to see how far north I could get myself, transport myself, only by having people on the street physically carry me. So, in 11 degree weather, the coldest day of the year, I was carried 9.4 miles by 155 people. So, it's oh, wow. larger than life projects that a lot of people. Uh, you know, would tell me at the time this is impossible. Like, I did this thing called 171 Starbucks where I went to every single Starbucks store, all 171 stores in Manhattan in less than 24 hours, made a purchase and consumed something. And I have people... I'm telling you, that are like, why are you doing this? It's impossible. It did take me a month, but I'm a firm believer anything's possible. I I really, really am. So I make my living doing these videos. I work with brands sometimes. I've worked with Ikea. I've worked with uh, Kodak. I've worked with Ford Motor Company, uh, uh, Cooper Vision. I just did a thing with Nestle Drumstick. And um, I do videos on mydamnchannel.com, which is a great space to see uh, comedy videos. So that's basically my life.
1: Now, and I'm trying to bridge into talking about, you know, how do you handle these projects? How do you manage these things? Obviously, it started off from a very low-key, just you. I'm assuming you've got and, a, a, at least some people that work on these things with you now. Sure. Um, but before we get into that, how did you, how did you just think to, that this was even a possibility for, for a career?
2: I didn't. I just did what I thought was funny. Like, I I can't come from, like, a sketch comedy kind of background, and I, I, I just kind of, like, I had that chapter in my life. I decided that was over, and then I just had a blank sheet of paper, and I was like, I'm just going to do what I think is funny. I'm going to be a one-man band. You know, when you do sketch comedy, it's it's like it's like basically getting five or six people together and everyone has to agree on a creative direction. I wanted to work by myself so I didn't have to compromise my vision. Right. So I, you know, I just this was like a year or two before YouTube, so I would just write down things I thought were funny on video, and I, I honestly didn't know. How to operate a video camera? Do anything. So I just like used my resources, which is the advice I always give anybody. I mean, when you're starting out, really use your resources. Ask your friends. Who do you, do you know people that edit? Do you know people? Because there's always people that are willing to, to do stuff at if they if they believe in the project. So. I started doing these videos, and I would uh, do this this show midnight down in the village on the Lower East Side, and I would just show the videos to like whoever would come. It'd be like sometimes forty or fifty people, and uh, I was just addicted to it. Within um, I think within like six or nine months, my the, one of my videos was making national news, and this is again before vid- YouTube. It, it was just such a sign that this is really I felt like what I should be putting my energy into because I, I loved it. It was a genuine. Um, Just passion, you know, about doing these concept things that I would get literally obsessed with. Can I pull this off? Can I make this happen? And it seemed to resonate with an audience. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a day job in television for years. Like, I worked on so many TV shows in New York while I was doing my comedy. And uh, eventually, it's been over three years, uh, I was able to kind of, like, to leave that um leave that uh the day job and just be able to do this full time but i mean the last 2 years that i was working on a tv show i was going on national news i had agents um, and I still couldn't get rid of my day job and make this a full time thing. So when it happened, oh my goodness, it was the biggest celebration. And uh, I, I'm just so uh, feel very fortunate that I can do this full time. But it took forever. And I'd, I'd like to add, I've been doing comedy since I was 16 years old. So this is it's been a long, 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 long journey.
1: How did you balance that? How did you, from the time where you first got started, and you were doing your day job, but you also had this these side projects that you were continually taking on and then accomplishing and then moving on to the next one how did you balance your time between those those two seemingly different worlds
2: it was really hard I mean I was 22 years old I was working on two television shows um, and I was doing a one-man show on the weekend and I would just go on stage and my body would just be in massive pain and I had a day job and a third job on the weekends um, for a movie company so oh gosh it was just brutal I mean I think when you're a little younger you can handle that mm-hmm. a little bit more. And then um, when I was working the day jobs on TV, I would just get to the, the office, early work on my own stuff, like lunch break, work on my own stuff. If there's any downtime and they were cool with it, I would work on my stuff. But it was really hard. It was essentially having two jobs. And, um, gosh, I mean, I'm still finding a balance being married, but, um, oh my gosh, I put my wife through so much, but I mean, I definitely now that I don't have the day job and I'm just working on it full time. It's been easier, but uh, yeah, it was, um, really tough. Like I would just like, when I was training for one, seven, one Starbucks, when I was still working on a TV show, I would just get up at like, I don't know, five o'clock in the morning and just, I would seriously have to get on a bike and go to every single Starbucks training um, putting a team together of, of a director that could ride a bike with me in New York traffic was was it was hard, and it's just, I don't know, you really, really do have to love it. I, I, I hear advice constantly from people at the top of their profession in entertainment in any area that if you don't love it that much, you're not willing to kind of like, I don't know, sacrifice a lot and pay your dues for years. Probably pick something else. Um, I, I just had no backup plan other than this was my life and this is what I loved with, but it was definitely like, I found it to be 10% fun and kind of like 10% celebration. And then the 90% is just grown work. It's just hard work. I mean, that's just how it is. And it's a process. And I really have been trying through that 90% of the hard work to just kind of like have, be cheerful and enjoy that process. Uh, I think that that is like kind of a goal that I'm uh, working towards.
1: Talking about that 90%, is it something where you're just, you're willing to take that 90% because that other 10% is just, it drives you. You feel like you can't do something else. This is what you you know you've, you've got to do. You can't not do it.
2: I think so. And I think it's like that from any level of, of somebody who's starting out to somebody as successful as a movie producer like Scott Rudin. He was saying how hard, I, I believe it was Social Network or one of the movies was so hard to produce. And there were so many things that were going on. And all you can really do, and I think this is true, is just stay Remember how you felt when you got excited about the project, and keep that vision in your head, and work through those obstacles. Anybody who's starting out a business or doing these things—oh my goodness, it's just—it's just—it's—it's it's easy to get discouraged, and um, you just have to, to to see that end in sight, and ask yourself, is it worth um, all of, all this all of this work that, that's ahead of me to to get there? And um, that is what's driven me through so many of these things. I mean, it was just. Um, Yeah, I've kind of put myself through a lot of craziness, uh, but it's definitely been worth it, and I've been rewarded... Um, so many times that I didn't expect it. Like I did my Netflix project um, a couple months ago where I wanted to see how many Netflix movies I could watch in a month. The company wasn't involved. I just wanted to do it. I ended up watching 252 movies, which is like 404.25 hours, I believe. And Netflix found out about it. They started tweeting about it. I was very excited. And they ended up flying me out to Los Gatos, California, where their headquarters were. They showed me uh, they showed the video. I got to meet the CEO, Reed Hastings. They declared it Mark Malkoff Day. And I got an extra video out of it. And I'm, like, so proud that that, like, I got to experience it, that. But it never would have happened if I didn't kind of persevere through a challenging, challenging month. But you, ne- you never know how these things are going to go. I mean, I just – I will knock on a- almost anybody's door and ask for outrageous, outrageous things. Like, for example, IKEA. I was can – I, can I live in your store? I mean, no one – that I know of in the US had really asked something so uh, over the top, like, um, can I live and sleep in for a week? And I was just, I'm very politely persistent and it took me about two months for them to agree and it was all these baby steps but I mean, I just, I just thought the video content would just be amazing. It would be so much fun and I just, through all of that, I just, uh, just kind of kept that in my head and just kind of worked through it. And I get lots of advice. Like I'm a huge fan of getting advice. You know, even talking about the productivity that, that you're talking about, I love asking people that I admire how they balance their time and 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 what what they do. Everybody's different. Like um, uh, this, I don't know him at all, and like um, he's definitely had a long career but jeff zucker who was at nbc forever leading nbc said his his secret his tip was to sleep less which like you know four hours a night or something (laughs) i can't do if somebody can do that like jay Leno can do that oh my goodness um you can just get be so much you can get so much more done i can't do that but um i love just kind of asking people who i admire um what how they balance it out and how they the, the process is some people really are into that Tim Ferriss thing where you check email like twice a day, that saves time. And
1: I, I'm just a huge, huge fan of um, of drawing those out from people, getting those nuggets from people. I mean, th- to be honest, that's the whole point of me and doing this podcast is to one, get to talk to cool people like you, and and two, to get <laughs> their tips from them or their sure. you know perspectives, learn from them. So for example, like when you're working, when you've been working on that, say 90% from the beginning until now, can you share maybe some of the points in times where you you hit a block, you hit a roadblock and how you maybe were able to push through it?
2: Uh, well, I, 171 Starbucks, which is what m- launched my career really. I mean, it was my national television debut on the Today Show. Um, Jay Leno was making monologue jokes. He showed a clip of my Today Show thing. It was the biggest thing I ever did. And. I will tell you. Um, I tried it once with a car, and it, we didn't. It didn't work. And then my director at the time, who was with me, he decided he kind of like didn't. It, it's totally cool. Like he just kind of like wanted to um, do his own thing. So basically, I had to find, and I, I kind of came to the conclusion from getting a lot of advice that it had to be done on bicycles. So I had to find a director who could really ride a bike with in New York City. Tra- New York City traffic. Uh, for 23 hours. I mean, it was just, that in itself was a huge, huge challenge. It was just asking everybody I knew, do you know anyone like this? And I would talk to, I I would interview potential directors and no one wanted to do it. And I finally found somebody. But just all those steps and then, Having to to go to every single Starbucks store, all 171, um, not only to plan my route, but like I would call the stores and be like, what are your hours? And they would all like they would give me like they would say like for example nine to eleven. I would call back in fifteen minutes and someone else would answer. And I'd say, What are your hours? Um, nine to nine. They'd all give me different hours. So I had <laughs> to physically go to every single store, look at the hours. And I'm telling you, getting up early and um, I'd never been on a bicycle in scary New York City traffic, so that was, like, really terrifying for the first week and oh, yeah. just forcing myself to go through all of these things through um, just for, like, the end result, which I didn't even know if I'd pull the thing off. I mean, it was miraculous that that happened. And trust me, there was lots of prayer going on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that – I mean, that was – probably the hardest video in terms of like logistics that I had to produce like living on the airplane for a month uh air trip I did it with airtrend those logistics oh my gosh they, they handled them internally like them through the tsa and oh my gosh it was insanity but it's 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 just problem solving it's constant problem solving and and uh just breaking down those barriers and just keep going to keep going I think that's what George lucas says you just have to keep breaking down the walls and just keep Uh, persevering. But that that was an example once I went with Starbucks. I I think that was the hardest that I ever
0: had. Dot com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you enjoy Beyond the To-Do List, I
2: invite you to check out Best Laid Plans. I'm Sarah Hart Unger, the host of Best Laid
0: Plans, a podcast devoted to all things planning and planning adjacent. I talk about everything from paper planner reviews to deep dives into all things productivity from keeping track of goals and tasks to fitting in your true priorities and reducing the stress around planning and organizing across different areas of life. I am a practicing physician and mother of three, so I have a lot going on in my own life and am intimately familiar with the time constraints that impact us all. And I love sharing my own productivity strategies and learning from others who have their own ideas to share. I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans, available on all podcast platforms, or visit my website, theshoebox.com, dot to learn more.
1: Sounds like you're saying, if I can paraphrase, that each one of these projects is like a, a challenge in and of itself for you. And it's contextual to, to the challenge of, you know, what help you need. Like, for example, with 171 Starbucks, you're saying you had to seek out any and every opportunity or, or personal connection to an expert that could help you with that. Not to mention, oh, yeah. you just had to push through with with some willpower.
2: It is, and it's like, and it's blocking out the negative voice in your head if you have one, which we all kind of do. We all do. Just and then not listening to the your people that don't like the people that know me really well, really well would never say you can't do this, Mark. I don't get it that much anymore, just because like stuff has happened. Like like one like when I did Celebrity sleepovers um where I lived I was in LA for uh, like 10 days and I didn't want to spend thousands on hotels so I tried to convince famous people to allow me to sleep over these were like with with the exception of like a few people people I did not know celebrities and I would just find a way to contact them and not, I couldn't go through agents and managers cuz publicists cuz they never would have gotten the message right to actually get to the celebs and be like can I sleep over at your your apartment there were there were definitely people that like are, are they really going to do this and I just said I, I hope so. I think so. And just like, just really putting it out there to the universe and just, uh, I don't know, I just having faith in yourself. And I, I, again, I I pray a lot and it's just like, once like you get some momentum, like I think momentum is huge. Like, um, like, um, like once like one or two celebrities said yes, then I could put that in the email. Like these two people said yes. And then like a third would say yes. And it like, I just feel like that, that those little increments of success that we all get, like if you use those to build up your enthusiasm, I think there's just can be such a driving force. I mean, um, th- I look at my kind of my bio that has to go out and I'm like, I can't believe this stuff has all happened. Like it's just, it's kind of like hard for me to be objective a little bit. Like I'll be at parties sometimes and like people will know my work and they'll ask me about it. And yeah, it's kind of like an unusual life, I guess, but I don't know anything different, but uh, I've just been so blessed with so many nice people. Like I think like, um, to be productive, like, I mean, my wife, Christine helps me a lot, but if, if anyone can delegate, like, um, I met some guy at VidCon in, in California who's like the nicest, coolest guy. And They've been bringing interns for the last like two years into their homes. And um, they've gotten so much more done. I mean, if you can get an intern who is competent and in, in, – in, uh, in, in, I mean, I was a college intern for years. If you can get somebody that's enthusiastic and competent and um, is, 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 is cool, I mean, you can get a lot more done. But the delegation thing, oh my goodness, that's been – uh, such a nice thing. I mean, I still I do a lot of stuff that I would love to delegate. But my goal eventually is just to be creative as much as I can. And right now, uh, I would say that creative creativity is maybe between thirty and forty percent of my time uh, when I'm working, and the rest is like it's social media, a lot of correspondence, and like um, I don't know. Like when people come to me, especially at this point, in my life, a lot of people online come to me. They'll be like, "Will you watch my video?" And I. Do try to watch as many as I can and get feedback, and that definitely takes up time, but I feel like so many people have been nice to me that I really do want to kind of help out people as if, as I can. Even though it's taking up uh, some of my day and stuff, it's it's very important, so um, I don't know. I know some people are just like, I'm going to 100%, it's all me, and I'm going to take every second, but I just, I don't know. I just I guess I'm not wired like that. It's just not, I don't feel like I, I can do that, but I'd probably be more productive, but uh. Eh. I don't know, so that's just me.
1: Well, but you're trading it in, and, and you're you're interacting with your fan base, so to speak. You know, so yeah. they 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 love I, that. I know I that's hope, something hope, I've loved.
2: I hope so. I try to be, you know, constructive and like give tips and stuff, and uh, and I always tell anybody, this is my advice: you should go with your instinct, go with your gut, get lots of advice, but uh, that advice is so important, I think. Um, and it's it's. I mean, I, I try. I start off my morning normally with I. I'm a Christian, so I mean, I I, uh, I usually uh, I start my morning usually with reading the Bible and prayer, and then I usually go to mo- some sort of like reading that just kind of like inspires me. Like, like I'm reading Dale Carnegie's um, what is it? The one? It's like the famous one.
1: <laughs> is it the How to, how to Win and Friends and Influence People?
2: Such a good book. Yeah. Like, um, and then I was reading um, I read both of Russell Simmons' books uh, previously, but I feel. Like, um, starting off the morning is such, like, an important thing for, like, just to get you going and get your mind and just get you ready to tackle what, whatever the day is and stuff. So, like, those are my main things that I do. Like And I feel like when I don't do them, uh, it just doesn't seem to go as well. So, I mean, I really do like taking the time to, like, just kind of, like, um, do the prayer and then um, – Read my Bible and then just tackle like whether it's um, like the the next book after Carnegie I have is D- um, David Allen's uh, The Art of Stress Free Productivity and um, I've read one other David Allen book I believe so is it
1: I, uh, Getting Things Done?
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, yeah, I meant I mean I meant the book is Getting Things Done and then it's The Art of Stress Free Productivity. But yeah, it's Getting Things Done. But I read another book that he said is that,
1: that he, uh uh putting it all together or something like that.
2: Something like that is really really good. And like honestly, if anybody reads these books and you take 10% out of it and you apply it, mm-hmm. that is huge. People don't have to apply everything. Like um like I just gave um this one um person came to uh to me for advice and I sat down with him and he's going to be graduating soon like like 9 months and I gave him uh the book Never Eat Alone, which I thought was a really good thing for like if people don't know how to how to really kind of I don't like the word networking because I don't really, I don't feel like I network. But if people need to kind of get past their comfort zone to, to kind of like get in front of people, meet people, it's an excellent, excellent book. I keep in touch with people I like. I knock on people's doors I admire. If I'm doing a project I'm proud of, I want people to know about it. And if somebody is nice enough to, to, to get it out there, that's great. And if people come to me with their projects, and it's it's something that uh, I, I feel like my, my uh, fan base, if people, Called a fan base would be interested. I, I send stuff out all the time to help people. If somebody's doing a Kickstarter that I'm friends with and I really admire it, I so yeah, I'm I just a give and take. I've gotten to help so many people. Um, and I'm not bragging about it at all, but it's all from the networking. Well, and you do you've been fortunate enough, you mean, to do that? Yeah, yeah. I've been fortunate enough to help people. Like, um, I love it. Like, it's great when I can connect people, especially. I mean, I can't always do it, but I've been like, I don't know. I've just—it uh, just seems like it's an effortless thing for me. I know for some people they really struggle with it, but I, it's just something that comes natural to would me. You, I, would you
1: say that you're more of an introvert or an extrovert?
2: My wife would say that I'm an introvert. Um, I'm good for
1: like—I uh, don't know. I—it's I, hard to say. Um, Do you? Ha- I mean, you've—I think you're probably very similar to me, where you're—you're uh, you're an introvert, but given the right opportunity or stage or platform, you can turn this, you can flip the switch.
2: I can. And suddenly you
1: feel like there's something that you have to get out.
2: If there's something like really something that I'm either really, I have a connection with somebody about a subject that I'm really passionate about, or if there's, I don't know, like I, I, I like, I'll go to parties and I'll talk to people and it's cool and stuff. But like, after like, 45 minutes or an hour being anywhere i'm just like i need to go home and be by myself i don't know why to recharge kind of yeah like like i can't at least that's how it works for me i have a hard time being out with like friends for like some people can go out for like seven hours or Mm -hmm. even five and after like an hour or two i'm like i just i don't know why i just get antsy and just like i just have to kind of like I always like kind of want to retreat. Like I love people and I do uh but I think my wife and people closest to me would probably classify me as an introvert. I I just really I like creating and I like doing my work, but like I at, at the same time I just I feel like and it's cool that people want to make their choice that that's like their number one thing in that in their in their life and that's what they're going to do more than anything, but I I really uh uh like consciously made much more of a balance like since I've gotten married especially I've cut down on a lot of stuff that I've done and it really I I feel like the work that I've gotten it really hasn't affected it much and I feel like it's just for me personally I just thought that that would be kind of help me as a person to kind of like pull back because my temptation is to work all the time I like it more than like if somebody's going to like the movies or something I'd rather stay home and work on my stuff I know isn't that twisted like I don't know. But I was like, but then I'll be like, you know what? I want to see my friend and I'm going to go out. And like, I've just lately, especially been trying to do more lunches. And so like, like schedule stuff to see people in the evenings and stuff and forces me to get out of the apartment and to, um, I don't know. I just think that the connection with people and just giving of yourself and just, um, those just real nice relationships. It, like, it's not more about like my work and me. I just think that that is worked for me personally. Yeah. As human being.
1: Yeah. Speaking of being a human being, uh, so you don't necessarily have like a full on, you know, 40-hour-a-week day job work schedule like most people that are probably listening to this uh, can relate to. How do you balance kind of the personal versus the professional? How do you – and for that matter, then how do you balance, say, when you're working on the professional – How do you balance your creative time versus your business time?
2: Um, I just try to schedule out the night before, and it doesn't always happen. It didn't happen today. My day, and you, of course, have to be flexible with everything, but just like you just like what I do is I write everything out that I need to get done and just prioritize and just schedule the stuff. And I, I like, I try to like for each project being like, these are the steps that I need to take. Like, what are the most important ones and when am I going to do them and stuff? And just, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like like if I schedule everything in the, like, and I really look at it before I go to sleep, it, it, like, gets me out of bed, like, early no matter what because I'm like, I have to get this stuff done. And, um, like, I tried to, like um, – have dinner with 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 my wife I try to like we do a date once a week and schedule time with her and see people but it's like and I work Saturdays I always work Saturdays so and I was working I was working Sundays I was working I basically worked seven days a week from the time I was 22 until like a year ago and I'm like I need to have a day where I just um I call my parents I call friends I uh just kind of take a little bit more time um so it was really, really weird, and it still is not to work Sundays. Like if I have to, one hundred percent, like I'll do it. But um, so that's been odd. But I definitely work Saturdays. Like I'll be working all day Saturday, up and through um, Saturday, late Saturday night. So it's like, yeah. I mean, I can, I just have to like schedule. Like um, um, like yesterday during the day I couldn't work as I had something. So it's just like finding those pockets. But I mean, I just um it's just being tricky and just really looking at like this is what i have to get done these are how many hours i have in the week and just making it happen like i've been sleeping a little bit less i can still get by i wish i could sleep more but if, if i have to get stuff done uh you know it's just it's it's just what it is i mean um yeah it's uh it's it's definitely a, a challenge every day is different every week is different um, and i've been trying like within my work to um, I've been trying to just correspond with people that I might not see as much, but at least on email. Like I I try to take a chunk of the day, and this is to kind of congratulate people that that are doing good work, friends of mine, peers. But if I see somebody that I just I like their work, I've been trying to take like fifteen minutes a day or so just to email people. Some of them are out of the blue, and I'm just like, my name's Mark. Um, I just wanted to let you know this video. I just was really impressed with it, and just uh, sometimes that builds relationships, and that's really not what I'm even looking for, I just, I don't know. I think it's important. It's kind of a community to uh, just kind of like when somebody's doing good work, like, and it just impresses me and it inspires me. I just feel like it's nice to acknowledge it. Yeah, definitely.
1: Now, I know you mentioned sleep, and I know when... You and I saw each other, which actually the first time we met in person yes. was in New York City. You oh, were just kind of... New, new Media
2: Expo now. Yeah. yeah.
1: For, yes. For Blog World, which is now New Media Expo. Yeah. Um, you were just coming down and still kind of <laughs> recuperating, not just from doing the keynote interview session the last night there, but also from uh, your Netflix challenge, which... Yeah. So I, I got to ask, like, how do you shift your, like, workload, personal life balance when you're heading into a project like that? You, like, say, all right, yeah. honey, I'm going to be busy for a month. And even so, though I'll be here, it's going to be crazy. You know, how projects, do you guys do that?
2: Those projects are awfully hard. Like, I mean, when we did Netflix, we said, okay, we're going to, we'll, we'll, like, spend an hour in the morning before I start. We'll, um like, hang out for this amount of time at night. And I, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but it really didn't happen that much. Like it's just like stuff just happens. Like I mean, you just got to be flexible. And I, it was. I, I feel horrible about it. And like, um, I feel like I feel. I've, I've, I've personally recovered from the Netflix thing. It was just a really uh, challenging month, but it was glorious at the same time. But um, that it was just hard. Like if I had to do it again, I would just really, I don't know, find a way to like. Make it work. Like when I did airplane, Christine and I would talk in the morning and we would try to like talk at designated times. So it just trying to come up with a plan. And like Christina and I are just like, how can we get through this? What's the best way? I usually try to get advice uh, from people that are kind of like, there really isn't anyone that does what I do. But right. people in the same vein and stuff. And we just try to come up with a plan and just stick with it and just get through it. And um, we're talking about this new idea, which is really over the top that I can't even mention. And Christine has not agreed to do it, but it would it would only be five days and Christine would be involved. And it would be really crazy, but it's only five days compared to a month, which is why I'm trying to sell her on it. And um, <laughs> we'll see if it happens, but like I just – the month projects are – are tough on us and tough like if I was single I think it would be much different. But um yeah that's it's just that's that's just a tough uh yeah. tough thing when I'm evaluating what I'm gonna be doing.
1: Now I know since you're since we're talking about your wife, um she when I talked with her yeah. uh, at Blog World We talked a bit, and and I didn't have a full picture of how involved she was with, with all these projects. Sure. Can you talk a little bit more about how you've gotten her more incorporated on the creative slash as well as the business side of stuff?
2: Christine's ideas for my videos, which we haven't done any of them yet, just because I have a kind of a backlog, they're so good. Like, I mean, I like anything I have. Like, she's the first person I run by, and she'll be completely honest with me and stuff. And it's like, She just has good instinct. Like, um, she sometimes will, like, be involved in, like... She helps me a lot with social media. She helps me a lot. Um, She's just, like, so plugged into that world more than I am, um, just with stuff that's going on. She's really smart with, um... um, Like, she'll film sometimes. Some of the stuff she'll film, she always photographs my stuff. Her photos from my projects have been all over the world. Um, Like, when I did... um, I did a, a keynote at, at VidCon in Anaheim, which was yeah. terrifying, but exciting. It could have gotten any better. It was Christina and, my, and myself for like a, a couple of days, just like really running that thing because I just, I can't, if I'm going to do a speaking uh, uh, thing, I just, I can't do it half. Like I, it was just so important that it went well. So we, we just like, she was kind of like the audience and would just kind of give me edits and suggestions and it only helped the process. So she was with me for... Hours and hours running that thing with me. So, yeah, it's just like really, really involved. She saved me so many times with my projects when I haven't thought of something, too. She is just like, she's good with like just problem solving, like certain details and stuff. So, I never really foresaw that when we got married. And like, I feel like a lot of people online like when she shows up in some of the videos, like, um, it's funny because there's definitely a percentage of people that think she's like a paid actress because she's like <laughs> – she's way taller than me. She's 6'1", I'm 5'7", and she's like beautiful. and Oh, yeah. Cool.
1: Especially when you're doing like the – sorry, we're trying to have a, a nice date here yes. in the Apple store. And
2: in the Apple store, people yeah. are like, is she real? Because I think people are like – I don't know. Just our size difference And like can Malkoff really get somebody like that? I don't know. But, um, yeah, so it's – fun, like the Apple store thing was fun we went on our date, and we had a, a romantic dinner served to us, we had a trumpet player play romantic music while we danced um, yeah, it's so she, like, shows up in these things. Um, I think she had a cameo in Netflix. Um, it was kind of bigger, but I think it might have gotten
1: cut down. But um, I know she was pouring the coffee on you at
2: one point. She was. She was. She, there was another thing that got cut, um, which was um, – that always happens in the video sometimes. I mean, we always, like, just film a bunch, and we have to get this stuff short. So it's um, it's tough. But, like, yeah, she showed – like, I think when I lived in the bathroom, I'm sure she was in part of that. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's another thing I put her through when I cut off my internet and my, and all these things I have to say are real. Like I had this internet addiction, which was we'd be on dates and I'd be checking my phone, um, under the table and it was just bad. She'd bust me. So I was like, no internet, like where can I put myself for like a week where I would have no temptation. I'm like, lock myself in the bathroom. That's the only place I could think of in New York city. So I locked myself in there and, uh, yeah, that was tough
1: for on us, but, uh, (laughs) the video, do you, feel, how how has it been since you've done that? Have did you, you know, I mean, cause I know that we've, we've talked and, and she and I have talked and we were yeah. talking about the whole, cause that's one of the things that I'm fascinated by is just, you know, people having these devices on their person at all times and just the nervous twitch of, even if you've got alerts turned off, just whipping the phone out and checking for stuff. And how's that been since you did that?
2: Um, it's still a challenge. Sometimes I mess up. I think I'm like way more aware of it and like the best thing that came out of that I think is from my productivity is that I'm embarrassed to say this, but there were definitely like news websites. I'm like the biggest news junkie. Like, and I I forced myself not to go to a lot of news sites. Like I've cut myself off from like, four news sites that I do not go to anymore and I would go repeatedly throughout the day to them like it would just be, be once a day so I cut myself off like I just made the conscious decision like I'm done with these sites and like once in a while I'll be on a news site and I only go to a few that will like link to them and I'll occasionally check out one or two things if it's a, something I'm really curious about but that's helped me a lot like a big part of my internet addiction was the, was the news stuff and like I would, why do I have to check if somebody's emailed me every five minutes? It's really odd. So I've gotten better in that aspect, but before it was just like all the time. So I'm, um, I'm just more aware of it, but I still like feel like I need to like. I can't imagine doing the Tim Ferriss check your email twice a day. I can't imagine, but it would be a great thing to uh, to get there. Uh, yeah do you do you want have you read the Tim Ferriss stuff at all? Like if you uh, do you know anything about that, that's like I, the one thing I know.
1: Yeah, I know I know about that. I know you know it's very much uh, it, it's also kind of the Merlin Man, or at least used to be him, where he would do what was called Inbox Zero, where you'd check your your inbox like. However, I mean, you, ultimately, it comes down to making making a system that is based around what's realistic and will work for you. You can't like when I was talking to, to Cliff Ravenscraft. He he used to be a, a hardcore. Just oh my gosh, I can't end the workday without getting all my emails yeah. responded to and having a, an inbox that's at zero. Nowadays, though, it's he's co- totally cool with it because he knows, you know, hey it's not going to be the end of the world if I respond to them tomorrow or in a couple of days after that even.
2: But um, My friend Barbara always at the end of the day has zero. And she, she can get by with like four hours hours of sleep so she can get a lot more done. She always has zero. Look, I'm embarrassed. I, I keep saying that I'm embarrassed during this interview, but like I'm looking at my inbox right now. Oh, my gosh. It's like it's just terrible. Like, I mean, I, I just that's like one thing that I have a hard time with is that stinking inbox. Um, I was one of the last people to get email I was one of the last (laughs) people to get a cell phone Um, I just I don't know and then when I get this stuff I'm just like oh my goodness I get just so into it I just I have a hard time in certain things just setting like just like I'm an extreme person if you look at my videos I'm kind of like that in real life so I just get really kind of uh, yeah like I don't know extremes so yeah, yeah I don't know where I'm going with that personally but hey
1: well, you're, you're struggling to make it work like we all are, which is kind of the point. I mean yeah, the, for the fact that you have accomplished some of the things that you've accomplished, it makes you a real person that you struggle with the everyday day-to-day management of these things. I mean that's just normal and it's good for people to hear that
2: yeah i guess so i mean everyone's different it's um, good for me there, to hear that i'll say that definitely people that are public figures that i'm just like how like jimmy kimmel was just doing an interview where i read one where he gets 400 emails a day and i'm like how do you do you and i know there's other people that probably get more how do you handle that like i know howard schultz over at starbucks gets up ridiculously early and then ex like exercises he's like the first in the office like I was just listening to the Jay Moore podcast with Jay Leno, and Leno, I, and Leno's the biggest workaholic of all. Like, I mean, he does The Tonight Show, and then it does like 150 stand-up dates a year. Jeez. He is at The Tonight Show at 7.30 a.m. before any of his employees, and he's up until like 3 a.m. right in the monologue, and it's just like, oh my goodness whenever i think that i have a good work ethic and i work hard (laughs) just like there i I don't know there's a reason leno is the host of the tonight show because he outworked everyone i mean it's it's simply put i mean he just and there's something to be said about that leno was saying he's like i never thought i think i'm the smartest or think that i'm the most talented necessarily but it's just like i'll outwork you and he did it and that's why he's there and stuff so uh yeah, it, that that is completely my temptation to to do that, but I just I, I really feel like I I want a life outside of it, and that's just a conscious decision. But I fight against it a lot.
1: Yeah, hey, you talked a little bit earlier about your how you start your day, which is great yeah. because I have been asking everybody that I've been interviewing kind of a in an ideal world, how would you start your day? But I'd also like to add on to that. Do you have any kind of rituals for you ending your your evening?
2: I try to do the, um, what I'm going to do the next day that doesn't always happen. Um, and that's really it. I mean, I try to stop work. I try to hang out with Christine, um, maybe like an hour before, uh, maybe a half hour before bed. So we have some time just to kind of talk and just hang out. But I, before that I try to do my, uh, to do list. And then, um, i have on my i have a bulletin board normally with all my like ideas like three by five cards that i want to like projects and stuff so sometimes i'll look at those um and then i i have like my like my long-term like like a few goals like dream things that i've been working on i kind of like stare at those a little bit and just kind of like like really just kind of like let that sink into my head where i want to go and how i can make stuff happen and stuff like um just always kind of like thinking like that, so I try to do stuff like that before I go to bed. And then um, I have horrible sleep problems, so I'll, I'll try to make the, the, the everything kind of like a little dark an hour before I go to sleep or so. And then I drink like um, <laughs> valerian root tea and mm-hmm. just try to like um, just kind of like calm my, my mind. I can't turn it off. Like that's why I can't sleep. I haven't been turned. I haven't been able to turn off my mind in like forever. I so it's. Um, yeah, I just try to like calm my mind, but it's it's a struggle. So that's my 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 routine normally.
1: Yeah, I, I've I've got a lot of the same problem. Do you ever? I'm assuming you probably do. Where you if you can't sleep and you're laying there and you've got maybe a pad next to the bed or something, so you can write something down. Um, do you do that
2: I, I used to do that, but it's too tempting, so I don't feel that keep working for me. Yeah, so I don't. Oh, this was horrible. Like, once in a while, and I haven't done this for the longest time, because I would, like, I would have, like, since I, I drank the tea a lot of times, almost every night, I would have to y- use the restroom in the middle of the night. Because I, I wake up, like, I wake up, like, f- anywhere from, like, four or five to seven times a night. So when I would wake up to use the restroom, I would just bring my phone and check my emails. And, the, <laughs> like, like as I was going, because I was so addicted to the, my, my phone. And I'm like, Mark, don't do that. Because that would get my mind going and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm just like... Resist, resist.
1: One of the one of the other interviews that I did was with uh, Michael Hyatt. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him at all. Um, he's been doing a thing where, and it started it started because his wife told him to while they were on vacation, <laughs> where he would take 15 minutes in the middle in the morning, that is, and uh, he would do complete silence, like not even like prayer or sure. meditation or anything, but just like absolutely just practice not having thoughts yeah. happen you know
2: i um i know russell simmons does the yoga and he does like the transcendental meditation but he talks a lot about just even if you don't do that the silence and uh like norman vincent peel in his book um he talks a lot about that silence too and uh one of my good friends jason um who's in entertainment does the same thing and it, they they all say it's ch- it really changed them and um i think there is something to it like i feel like everyone has to try Different things, see what works for them, and um, and just kind of like, yeah. What I I think that that's great. I kind of like want to try that. The silence, especially living in New York City, um, oh, it's a, it's definitely be oh, yeah. hard. But um, I tell Christine sometimes I'm like so tempted to like let's move to a farm. Like I just kind of like, but then I get out of New York and then it's fine to come back. But I just kind of have to like get out every so often,
1: you know. I know that when I was there for for Blog World. At first, I was like, "Whoa, this is this is high impact, like sensory overload." When I was leaving at the end of the week, though, I was like, "Okay, I I actually want to stay."
2: Like, oh, I felt yeah. like I
1: didn't want to leave, that's, other than for the fact that I had a family to go back to.
2: That's cool. I love New York, like I really do. It just like it just can get pricey, like and just like of course it can get pricey, and just like there's just like there's things I love about it, like any place, and other things that I'm like, eh, I wish this could be a little different, like. like like back in the day like in the 50s and stuff you could like Broadway was actually affordable and like a regular person could go and just like the prices a little bit but then like there's other things that are just amazing i don't know i i uh i i love it but i just and i, I don't know if i can imagine myself being anywhere else but um, there's certainly days that I'm like, I just want to go on, live on a farm and uh, be a J.D. Salinger recluse, which I can never be and I won't, but it's tempting. And I think that would probably, after about maybe a day, I'm like, this is boring, and then I'd move back anyway. Yeah.
1: Well, to me, it sounds like you have a very seasonal or cyclical lifestyle. I mean, you you have to you know do one thing for a while and then go back to regular or go to regular for a while and then ramp up into abnormal, you know, creative mode.
2: Yeah, it's definitely,
1: um, it's definitely like that.
2: It's like, like I, could, bro- I could see you
1: doing a farm video, uh, I, but that I, wouldn't I, be your life. You'd, but I, it would be funny.
2: I actually did one. And here's the problem. I filmed a lot of stuff before I was, I don't even want to say I'm good at it. Like, but I was so green. And so like, I didn't really have a voice when I first started. So there's a bunch of stuff There's some stuff I shot with some really famous people that I'd never put online just because I don't like my performance because I was just kind of like starting out and like anybody that's any good, like from day one until like day – even like a year later, you're going to notice a difference. And it's just – I think that anybody who's a content creator, anyone, you only want to put up stuff that you're proud of. There's some people that will put up anything – I, that's just not my thing. Like I can't do that. So, um, but yeah,
1: what of what of the stuff that's actually gone public? Have you felt like after the fact, even though people maybe have liked it, you've not been proud of it as much as other stuff? Like the, the reason uh, I ask is because uh, it, for maybe the going through the trial by fire of maybe failing publicly, so that it 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 gets you past that, so you can do your real good work. You know what I mean? I, I think like me getting carried
2: out of around, uh, across New York city, I think I would, if I did it now, I'd be so much funnier than I was at the time. I mean, I couldn't feel my hands or toes. I mean, it was 11 degrees, but I just feel like as a performer, I'm a lot stronger. Like there's no way that I could have done celebrity sleepover like three or four years ago yeah. and have been as good as it was. I'm really, really proud of it. Like the narrative is like fun, but I think the individual ones were, I, I'm just really proud of. Um, So if I look at the early stuff, like I even think like 171 Starbucks, which is like 10 minutes. I can't imagine. Like now if I was cutting that, it would be four minutes. I feel in my performance. And you know what it really wasn't a performance because it was real. I mean it was a real day, but I feel like I just would have – it would have been a lot better – I think it would have been a lot more entertaining, even though people still get emails and people talk about it all the time. Like, I mean, it's like several times a week, at least, people bring it up, and they like it, and I don't want to dismiss it because people seem to like it, but I just feel like I'd be a lot better. Um,
1: Well, anyway, yeah. Thanks, Mark, for coming on the show. I know we will probably have you come back sometime when you're pushing your next great thing. I want to say that I think... Like most people, you'll probably agree, we haven't even seen your best work yet. You're still moving forward.
2: You're so kind, Eric. I'd love to come back. I really uh, admire the show that you're doing, and it was uh, so much fun talking to you.
1: Thanks. Thank you. Well, I'd just like to say thank you again to Mark Malkoff for coming on the show. Look for an upcoming episode featuring his wife and how she balances the everyday, day-to-day things that they do. And again, if you like this show, we would love it and appreciate it deeply if you wouldn't mind going to iTunes and giving us some favorable reviews. Uh, Five stars are preferred. And uh, as well as just tweeting out, hey, I love this show, beyondthetodolist.com, or even Facebook it, do whatever. But just share it, you know, take, you know, do it right now. You heard me.
0: Go.